0: Very good. Well, it's time for me to bring to the stage the leader of our conference, who has really contributed his life to what all of you are working on in those tables. And when you see someone put the thousands and thousands of hours in, and then builds the team and the team to do it, uh, it's an absolute honor to have a practitioner on stage. Please welcome Joel Davis.
1: hello hello and welcome again to another episode of the staff link podcast i am brendan i'm joined by my fabulous colleague matt anson hello matt hello brendan hey matt brendan i have an idea go for it i really want to share some of the key takeaways from joel's speech at the conference are you cool to do that yeah i think so because i it's an amazing it was an amazing speech it was about ai and real estate everyone i know everyone's talking about ai Blah, 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 blah. You can find a 1000 blogs on it, probably written by ChatGPT. Incidentally, I'm sure half of them are. But I really don't think there's too many people giving really industry specific, nuanced, and well researched takes on this is- issue. And I think that's what he did. And I really want to, people to hear it. We're not going to give away the full 40 minutes. Are you happy if we just sort of like, listen to some clips, and then respond and maybe expand on them a little bit?
2: Yeah, I think so. There's a lot of good stuff to go through there. Obviously, we don't want to go through the whole thing, but yeah, let's get into it.
1: Yeah, cool.
0: For me, I'm more excited about... You know, what AI can do for us in the very near future than ever before. You know, this is the first time in history where you know, it hasn't just been talked about as something which is going to revolutionise things and something which is going to take our jobs. It's the first time where you've got companies that have actually deployed it in a format in which we can use it. You know, there is now products out there, OpenAI, ChatGPT. These are products that we can use. These are products that we can build digital frameworks around to do tasks that we need done the way we need them done. I think that's why I'm really excited, guys. I don't think that the disruption is coming from outside. I think the disruption is coming from within this room.
1: I mean, he's talking about, he's talking about disruption and... What he's talking about there goes for the first time in history, this is something that we can use. I think what he's referring to is 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 that traditionally disruption tends to come from outside the industry. Whereas he's saying the with these tools available for anyone to use, it really is incumbent on people who are the industry insiders to, mm. to, to use this. Like this is something that Joel talks about a lot. And um, has there been Matt? Has there been a lot of attempts by outsiders, from outsiders, trying to disrupt the real estate industry? Can you speak a little bit about that? You don't have to mention any names. We don't want to get in trouble with our, any rivals here, or?
2: Yeah, we've seen a few companies over the years in different spaces try to come in and and really take over. Um, there's, I mean, there's a few that have come in and they've tried to say that, you know, you can sign up and sell your house through an agency without having a dedicated agent. And they can just automate this whole process. And they've it's worked overseas, we'll bring it here.
1: And how did that work out?
2: Terribly. Because, (laughs) because At the end of the day, like if you don't have a dedicated agent, poor experience.
1: So there have been big attempts by tech companies to just muscle their way into the real estate space, probably without giving it the, res- the, the kind of the respect or, or having that level of, of understanding or passion for it. So, so I really like that because he is, a, he is a disruptor, but he is coming from within real estate industry. And I think that's the point he's trying to get across there.
0: I think that the opportunity to be able to deploy this is one where you've got to earn the right it's one where you've got to actually know how chaotic our businesses are. You've actually got to know how complex our businesses are. And that's not through our own design. That is just how it is.
1: What, what is it, that? What, why is he so adamant that that is the case when he talks about the chaos, Matt? Can you just explain that for us? Yeah, I think like,
2: unless you've worked in real estate, you don't really see on a day-to-day basis all the crazy stuff that can happen. Um, and it's from all directions. And there's so many different departments, so many different roles that just create an absolute mess um, and things can get out of control very quickly. So uh, from from what Joel's been able to do over the past few years at Image um, and then with StaffLink, he's been able to actually effectively document all these processes, implement workflows, get things done in a cleaner way. And external companies, I don't
1: know if they could have built those things as effectively. He keeps them. be grateful for the chaos. Be grateful for the chaos. Because if it wasn't, if it was easy, then someone else would come along and do it.
0: Most of us have similar tech stacks, but still some different components to them. And a serious problem is when you've got platforms that have critical data about your properties that lives in their platforms. And we've talked about it for so long, like someone should just build one that does it all. Never gonna happen. There will actually be more and more in the future, is my opinion. But the critical component for it is to make sure that the information within those platforms is fed into a primary platform that we have control over. It is really critical to make sure we don't have silos of information living in multiple platforms, because when you do, it becomes significantly more difficult to start to take advantage of these opportunities that are becoming relevant.
1: Yeah, right. So data, control your data, is basically what he's saying there. Um, I and mean, I mean, this idea that we have your data in these silos that he's talking about, what's he talking about there? It's really like it, you know, in any real estate agency, that tech stack might be
2: as few as four programs up to 15 or 20 so by having all of your information in one place it obviously makes it easier to analyze that data to find things to create automations Uh, but also in all these different platforms if they change one thing your access to it or you know the way that all of your programs talk to each other can
1: change drastically or may stop working so we're talking Property Tree, Property Me. These, are these the kind of platforms that you're talking about, that Joel's talking about here? It is,
2: but to the extent where ideally you need one platform or one place holding
1: all your information, being so, that central point. And that, I mean, so that's why we're not against using these, these, these other platforms and they're amazing platforms. But what he's saying there is if you don't have that feeding into your own centralized platform, then that data is not yours to use freely. Like it's it's harder to use? Definitely
2: harder to use. Like all these programs, they have their own API feeds. They have different export functionality. But at the end of the day, like you're going to have to pay to access that and get it out into another platform or you may be limited in what you can do. Once it's in your own platform, you know exactly what you can do with it and you control it. Crucial. Crucial. Um, Yeah, as I said before, with your automations and everything else that goes on, if something changes, even if it's very minor in one of these other platforms, everything can fall apart. So keeping in one location is crucial.
0: This is a huge opportunity for the people in this room, you know, that have learnt the lessons from the past. You know and make sure that they understand this isn't a threat this is an opportunity i think for me that's that's really important because you know we need to make sure that we understand that the expectations have gone from being proactive instead of reactive which we've always talked about to you better start to be predictive
1: so what do you think he means there brendan um well we talked about being reactive to proactive like what a reactive property management place might look like versus what a proactive property management department might look like and so if you if you're um in a working in an agency with um without great systems and processes and it's all up to your pms to remember to communicate to make notes to things then things can slip and if things start slipping like you start if you miss a a phone call from a client and then a task doesn't get done and then you suddenly got um phone calls coming in with potentially angry clients you're quite reactive there you're you're if you're getting a phone call rather than than being the person making the phone call and what he's talking about there is this next element of going from reactive to to proactive to actually being predictive instead of going okay i'm going to be proactive and make this phone call it's it's how do you know that there's going to be an issue before the phone call even needs to be made kind of thing i I believe that's what he's talking about is that is that the vibe you got from it as well yeah
2: absolutely and also just you know in the past having your data in in one central location is key to this in the very beginning when it was all paper-based you had a very hard time analyzing any data it would take someone weeks or months to put this together and then say oh there's a pattern here this is based on those trends and those touch points when things need to happen. Part of digitizing all this means you can then go to be proactive, you can start saying when X happens, then you know what the outcome should be. Uh Um, But by having all of this data there and then leveraging the power of AI, we can then analyze the data, look through hundreds of thousands of records in next to no time, and identify patterns that previously would have taken significant amount of time to Mm.
1: find yeah right trends (laughs)
2: yes
1: (laughs) trends Trends. it's very algorithmic isn't Mm. it definitely but that's going to become more of a more of a thing when we talk
2: about being predictive it's obviously things that can benefit the the landlords the tenants but also the staff so it's going to be win-win for everyone like obviously if we can help them perform better it's going to lift the experience of the clients we can also provide a better workplace for these employees and then that's a win for the business because obviously they're getting their employees being happier and producing better results but also the clients having a better experience and then coming with that is a bigger market share
0: Uh, for everyone in the room who's got international team members, managing that relationship is the success of this whole thing. Watching the Australian industry fail at outsourcing was interesting because they thought you just put your problems overseas and that's fixed. And by the way, they've made a mistake. You make heaps more than that (laughs) and you're shouting at them, hang on a minute, and it's not us and them, it's us.
2: So in that clip we heard from. Lee Woodward speaking at the staff and conference last year in 2022. He was talking about how, you know, over the years we've seen Australian agencies just consistently fail at outsourcing. Mm. So a big part of that is obviously not having all of their processes documented and having a, a clear expectation of what your offshore staff should be doing, but also if you don't have the visibility, you don't know how that's all going. And then by having staff offshore, you're creating capacity for your onshore staff. So part of this issue previously may have been you've got someone overseas to do stuff and then your onshore staff don't increase their, their capacity mm. and, and ability to manage more properties. Mm. Do you want to say that nicer than I just did? <laughs> I
1: thought you said it well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really, he's basically saying, he's basically saying people thought it was a magic bullet, right? People thought it was a, it was a, an easy, an easy solve, but it, it, it really wasn't an easy solve. It, it is an effective solution. It is definitely a way of supporting your onshore staff. It is definitely a way of making your business more sustainable and scalable and competitive but it's not an easy win and I think I think that's the that's what I um, I got out of that. Um, because I hadn't been aware you know until I, I watched that and joined and joined this that Australia had failed at outsourcing. That was something that was a sort of new concept to me, or the idea that there is such a massive level of different experiences. Some people do it and swear by it and are like this has turned my business around. Other people are like, not so much. And it really comes down to, I guess, you know, do do you, do you think it's an easy thing, and you don't need to put the effort into it, and you're probably likely not going to get a great result. Um, and I, I think that's what he's talking about there. Absolutely. So, in we'll just play a clip now of Joel speaking
2: about the comparisons with outsourcing from his speech Ooh, this year. Very good.
0: Sure that you understand that it is a two-way street. When we get more, we should be doing more as well. And I think some of the missed steps that I've seen in that, I, I, I draw huge parallels between what is happening now with AI and what has happened with outsourcing. When outsourcing first really started to become something that was substantial and something that if you weren't doing it, you were at a substantial disadvantage, there was still debate going on around whether or not it was a good idea. Whether or not we should send jobs overseas—what a ridiculous conversation! Like when we look back at it now, that was three, four years ago. Like the big thing about it that we saw is no one lost their job. Fair? Anybody in this room still sitting here going, "Geez, I wish I could get application processing back." <laughs> no? No one in the room. Like I think. The biggest part of it that we saw in terms of a misstep, some businesses went down this path, some businesses digitised what they do, some businesses bought in additional resources, but when the work was segmented, when there was additional support to do that work, we actually didn't do anything with the idle capacity that was created. That's a big misstep. I think the business spent money, spent time, spent effort, spent energy on doing that, the return had to be that the people that used to do that job now did something else. And in a lot of cases, that's exactly what happened. And what was the byproduct of that was that the consumer expectations were met. We were able to get back to them faster. We were able to get back to them within 30 minutes, because these days, if you don't get back to them in 30 minutes, they follow up the email with a text and a phone call, and if it's 60 minutes, they call the police. <laughs> what the f- are you? Like, but that is the rising expectation that there is and it will not go back. It will not ever go back. It's actually getting much faster and we have the same expectations.
1: This, there's so much in that clip, actually, isn't there? Um, because it, he, his critique of outsourcing and how the Australian... Australia, I'm doing inverted air commerce here, failed at outsourcing, is a slightly different one to Lee's, really, isn't it? Uh, Lee's is one is where you thought you you thought you didn't need to have visibility over these, um, uh, over the tasks that you're sending offshore, whereas Joel is, he's not even talking about that. He's talking about the businesses who have maybe even have success with getting the offshore team to reduce the to reduce the workload of their onshore team. But he's saying but then people didn't do anything with it. It's like it's like if you chat GPT GPT three can um you know, write me an essay that I used to take me six hours, I can do it in sixty seconds. So what do I do with the other five hours and fifty nine minutes? Do you know what I mean? I just sit there and play chess dot com. Like you know, like that's what he's saying there, which is which is really interesting. Did um have you seen that at all in business? <laughs> <laughs> in business? Business man. Hello,
2: businessman.
1: Yes. I'm positioning you as the real estate.
2: Well, yeah, I think obviously there's like multiple ways you can fail in outsourcing. Mm. Just send your jobs overseas and yeah, see what happens. Yeah. Then yeah, like what Joel was talking about what are you doing with that time and that capacity that you've created but it's also having the right processes and foundations in place like if you don't have all of your crucial processes actually documented and followed you're not going to deliver a great customer experience Mm. at the same time to take advantage of ai your data has to be one place it has to be clean which is obviously going back to ownership why it's very important. So if you don't have these right foundations in place, how could you possibly
1: use AI? Mm. Another thing that he mentioned in that clip was the. Um, this is not particularly surprising, but that changing customer expectation, where he 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 says, if you're not getting a phone back to someone within sixty minutes, they're calling the police. Now I'm not sure how. Maybe that happened once in one of his businesses, but. But like, can you speak, speak, speak to that at all? We, uh, the changing expectation, he also says, it's not just them, it's us. Mm. Absolutely.
2: Everyone. Yeah. And these days, like, you know, if you can't order something on an app and not have to deal with a person, you're not happy. If so, I can't
1: get an Uber within half an hour, I'm calling the police. I'm deleting that app. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving a review. I'm deleting the <laughs> yeah. app. Um. So you yeah, they're not getting a tip. There's some good stuff in that little in that little clip there. Um, and there and the comparison between outsourcing and AI. I really think no one else has made this link and I think it's I think it's a, there's a lot of substance to it. Um, and I'm glad Joe
2: brought it up. Yeah. And going back to what you just said about customer expectation. They expect things so much faster than ever before. They also expect it without having to talk to a human all of the time. Mm. Um, when they do want to speak to a human, like they expect it right now. Mm. So when we talk about that, there's all this information that has to be processed, things that have to happen first. So if you have everything set up, you can run AI, you get all that prepared. It just gives your staff more time to
1: actually focus on those phone calls and client-facing mm. tasks. So it's like now... yeah. Now the only time you really talk to someone is if they're really angry, almost. <laughs> Maybe.
2: Or for an important part, like in that transaction, like if they want the keys or they want to get into a property, they want to, whatever it may be.
1: Mm. Like they expect to hear from you quickly. That whole um, uh, side of it has been massively in the news recently, actually, with the the rise of the stress of the role of PM, and they specifically talking about because they are expected to meet these new standards of customer service that if you haven't got the tools to be able to, to you know you, you just will not be able to meet that and no wonder yeah. you know so you're 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 this relationship manager that's what you are as well more than the property manager you're a relationship manager and 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 you and you're spending all day with people on the phone angry at you because you you know what I mean that no wonder there's such a big burnout mm. issue at the moment
2: there's also increased legislation, more things they have to do, Mm. more hoops they have to jump through to get everything done, Mm. but the client expects a response quicker. Mm. So there's going to be some agencies that do implement this technology and absolutely kill it. Mm. And the ones that don't have their data centralized, that don't use
1: AI, those staff are going to be bloody burnt out. Mm. And the thing about burnout is that it's like this cycle, isn't it? You sort of lose... Yeah, when you lose someone, the rest of the team has to step up and then they're getting more of a workload. And you know what I mean? Like it's such a, it's it's such a uh, sort of cycle that can perpetuate, self-perpetuating. Um, yeah. And I know like a lot of
2: our clients or our clients, a lot of Starflink clients have said that... We're Stafflink. we can say our clients? Yeah, yeah. A lot of... We don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do anything. We sit in a room. Um... <laughs> So a lot of staff and clients have spoken about the new work-life balance that they've been able to achieve. Mm. What do you think people will expect from employers, like they're probably expecting now, but what's going to be more prevalent in the future?
1: Mm. Uh, Flexibility, balance. yeah. I know lots of people who have chosen a slightly smaller salary because they know at least I'm going to get home. On time. Mm. At least I enjoy the people that I work with. At least it's not a stressful workplace. So yeah, that's that's a, that's a massive thing, isn't it? I mean, it's burnout is and retention is. Every time we go around and we're doing these workshops in the different states, so that's one of the questions that um, that is asked of the crowd is is which what's the one of the biggest challenges and recruitment retention is just there and it's always going to be there in the next you know for a while anyway for the foreseeable future it's it's such a big issue and 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 the idea of of just trying to find a solution through remuneration let's pay them more hey that's great while your fees are falling and the customer returns are also getting higher and the wages are rising like that's and more admin And more admin and more legislation and and like it it really, it has to be a sort of a, it has to be a a, a game changing solution rather than just a little playing around with the margins. Hey Matt, what do you think the reaction was um, to Joel's speech in the room? I think the reaction was very very positive like it was well
2: received and and prior to the conference we weren't sure that that's exactly how it was going to go obviously that was the intention but there's always that element of the unknown and people in there could have really feared it and just been totally opposed to it but i think everyone came away from it thinking yeah there is a lot of good stuff coming there's a lot of opportunity
1: and most of the people there are pretty well set up to use it don't you think i agreed Agreed. Yeah, I I was worried um, that that some people would be like, oh, eyes rolling back on my head, another person talking about AI. But Joel came with a real, unique, nuanced perspective on it that specifically relates to real estate. Um, And yeah, I encourage anyone um, to explore what he's talking about. Just click some of the links in this below um um and and yeah this is this is the kind of conversations that needs need to be had around this ai is here to stay you don't need to be fearful of it but you do need to be ready for it Mm. so matt all well and good what can people who are listening to this today do right now or what steps should they take away from this i think the
2: first the first part is centralizing your data. Getting control of everything in your business, regardless of who you use, whether it be Stafflink. Obviously, we would absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. It's it's so important for your business. Don't rely on those other platforms. The siloing of
1: information, like Joel said. Good, good takeaway. What did you take from it? Um. Yeah, that one that one is good. It was a good opportunity to plug what we do because our um, platform basically works with basically everything else in the market there so so like we said we're not we're not bringing anyone else down we just see the importance and the power and the potential of of um having your own platform where you draw all the data and that's why we've gone so hard down these api links that's why we've got such a big dev team that's why we're we're constantly looking at where who else can we can partner with platform wise um and it's not just pm it's not just pm it's sales as well. Um, Absolutely, which is yeah, it's its own massive thing and and actually implies just as equally everything that we've been saying. Um, So yeah, my big takeaway is don't be scared. Don't be too excited. Be slightly scared. Be slightly excited and take some steps. Do something about it. Embrace AI and kick some butt in the future. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to our chat about Joel's speech. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Goodbye. (laughs) Farewell.